0: What are we doing about Ellie Wiesel's death? A congregant emailed me this question this past July 3rd, one day after Ellie Wiesel died at the age of 87. I knew what the congregant meant, of course. That next Friday night, we spoke of Wiesel's life and our services, and we collectively recited Kaddish for him. Mm-hmm. Elie Wiesel was such a giant of a man. His entire life an unexpected gift when remarkably, he did not perish in the Holocaust. His death reminds us that in this next decade, there will be virtually no survivors who are able to tell their story. My favorite of so many tributes came from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. Of Wiesel's passing, Sachs said simply, "Ellie Wiesel was a great survivor, a great Jew. Wiesel was the survivor par excellence. He taught us the power of remembering, of telling the story. But what really got me thinking was that term, a great Jew. What does that mean to be a great Jew? Given the enormity of the loss, perhaps Our new job in this new year is to become great Jews and to take collective responsibility to raise the children of this congregation to be great Jews. I have to interrupt myself for a moment and tell you about my bat mitzvah student who recently said to me, my mom is Jewish and my dad is not Jewish, but my dad is a great Jew. He brings us to temple, he brings Judaism into our house, he even wears a kippah when he is here. So just to be clear, the Eli Wiesel Challenge is for every person in our community. Jewish or not, if you are part of this community, And the challenge of living as a great Jew is a question for you today. But it's a question each one of us must answer for our own selves. Don't think that you have to be a great Jew like your grandparent or like a Rebbe or even like Elie Wiesel. Just be your own Jew. And I say this to you as a vegetarian, knowing that many of you are not, so put some meat into it. (laughs) Of course, you don't have to. We live in a time and a place where each one of us, Jewish or not, can be as Jewish or not as we want to be. Most of us are not traditionally observant. No one can force us to believe in God, come to temple, celebrate Shabbat, or observe any commandment. And much to my dismay as a rabbi, being a great Jew does not get you into the college of your choice or the job of your choice. So why should any of us strive to make ourselves better Jews than we are right now? Why even bother and try and fill the empty place Elie Wiesel left behind? Sometimes I think we might not try because it just seems too overwhelming as if the key to finding our authentic greatness as Jews feels impossible. And yet, the very fact that you elected to show up to this great Bay Area Jewish Family Reunion, or, as Rabbi Bauer calls it, the Jewish Super Bowl. It tells me that you realize that we really are all part of something special, important, and great. If you think about it, Elie Wiesel made a choice. When he walked away from the death camps, He could have walked away from Judaism, and who would blame him? But think for a moment about Judaism's powerful hold on a person like Wiesel. Is it possible that we are missing some of the amazing nature of Judaism because we're distracted by the good life in America? As Americans, we have inherited great values that we cherish, liberty, equality, belief in progress, and individualism. As Jews, we love our Jewish values of giving tzedakah, identifying with a stranger, providing shelter for those who are homeless. Lots of religions teach those values, but Judaism doesn't encourage them Judaism mandates them. As reformed Jews, we choose what obligations to take on, but Judaism obligates us to visit the sick, welcome guests, and provide for the most vulnerable. And Torah values go deeper, like the necessity of having two eyewitnesses before any person can be found guilty and punished, or my favorite, the prohibition against cutting down a tree during a war. Why? The Torah, in the Torah, it tells us because a person can run away, but a tree cannot run away. There are so many powerful Jewish values, which is why Torah study is one way of becoming a great Jew. I have been a congregational rabbi for 27 years now. Here is what I hear all the time in every reform community I have served. I'm not really a very good Jew. I don't come to temple enough. I am not religious. I only come twice a year. And at this temple I hear, Our family belongs to Emmanuel, but we don't come all that often, so we're not really connected to Emmanuel. So negative. There are 2,200 families at this temple, and there is not one bad Emmanuel member. I mean it. If you are sitting here in this sanctuary right now, in our book, you are the best congregant You showed up, we love you. The problem of how we see our own Jewish selves and our Jewish aspirations arises when we look through that lens of negativity. I'm not religious, I don't believe in God, I'm too busy to be more Jewish when we realize how many different ways there are to aspire to be a great Jew, how many opportunities to grow Jewishly throughout the year and throughout our lives, then we can see the possibility of a great Jewish life that is authentic to our own self. The key is to think about becoming a great Jew as a lifelong aspiration and to know that choosing a deeper Jewish life yields tremendous rewards. For me, I grew up in a home rife with physical and mental illness. But we lit Shabbat candles, went to temple, we did religious school religiously through 12th grade. I realize that striving to be great Jews at home and temple had a powerful impact on our otherwise sad situation. When I look back, my memories are so happy because of how great our parents made our Judaism for themselves and for us. Daily Jewish practice enabled our family to transcend the misery of those illnesses. Eli Wiesel was a great survivor. He was a great Jew. And he was an optimist. He once said, If I have problems with God, why should I blame the Sabbath? What this says to me is that we do not have to be all or nothing Jews. This could apply to any aspect of Jewish practice, but Elie Wiesel picked Shabbat. So let me explore this as one way we might live into our greatness as Jews. Elie Wiesel challenges us to realize the value of a Shabbat practice in spite of doubts about God, services, or religion. Put starkly, if a man who could survive the death camps could develop his own Shabbat practice, well maybe we can too. Shabbat, a day of rest, a good meal being with people that we love, a walk or bike ride in nature, singing as a community, powering down our devices, napping. There is nothing so sweet as a great Shabbat. That is why Emmanuel is launching a year of Shabbat for our entire community. Shabbat is not an activity. It is a radical organizing life principle. Shabbat reminds us we are not God, we cannot do it all. After a real Shabbat of joy, where we check out from life's craziness, we are energized to make the world better. That's exactly why you can walk out into our courtyard today and find options for coming together as an Emmanuel community to make a positive difference in this community. Start by lighting Shabbat candles. You can light them at home or here at temple. You can light them at traditional lighting time or at 5 p.m. with your children or at 9 p.m. when you get home from work. It can be magical to light Shabbat candles all by yourself. Romantic to light them with your partner. You can bring Shabbat candles to restaurants and on vacation a young adult in our congregation showed me, and I want to show you, this really cool Shabbat travel kit. It's perfect for every occasion. This coming year, we will make it easier than ever to partake of these hidden treasures of Judaism. More than Israel has kept the Sabbath the Sabbath has kept Israel, said Ahad Ha'am, and his words speak to us today. Shabbat is a gift for every Jewish person and household, regardless of your level of observance or belief in God or interfaith family status. Author Judith Schulwitz writes, What the Sabbath does to foster such social solidarity is simple. The Sabbath coordinates non-work time. It makes people stop working not only for 25 hours a week, but for the same 25 hours a week. When people share their non-work time, when they look up from their chores or computers or smartphones and start to look at one another, when they see what they see is family members, neighbors, and co-religionists, what they don't see is bosses or customers or service personnel. You came here today in the middle of a work week on this Sabbath of Sabbaths, but weekly Shabbat is easier. Services are one hour long, for starters, and sermons are shorter, plus, we get to eat. A vibrant musical service, often blessed by both cantors, a thought-provoking rabbi's devar. We in at six, out at seven. We have a monthly 7.30 service now for those who can't get here at six, and a 5.30 service for families with young children. We continue to have a monthly contemplative service the first Friday of every month right here In this sanctuary. If you can't come every week, come once a month. Try coming by taxi, silver ride, Uber or Lyft. It will change your life. Last year I asked you to look up, get your nose off of your screen and see the racial injustice around us. It's still there. Today, I hope you will sign up in our courtyard at the Tzedek Expo to be part of Emmanuel's communal tikkun efforts. But now, I ask you to look up and take note of this powerful, authentic, spiritual, beautiful, gorgeous Judaism that is our inheritance. So many ways to live into that greatness, to live into our greatness. We don't have Elie Wiesel. But we do have each one of you. And you have Judaism. It's yours. So in memory of Elie Wiesel, and in honor of that great man, just ask yourself, what am I doing about Elie Wiesel's death? Yentef.